In this episode, we're talking all about the decisions to make for life after High March. I talked to three parents, Rachel, Shona and Claire. Let's get into it. Welcome to the High March School podcast, the place where you can hear from the whole school community, staff, parents, but most importantly, the children. Come with us as we get into this episode right now. So I've really been looking forward to this episode because it's great to speak to some people who are in the parent community at High March School. First of all, we have Rachel Hale. Uh, Hello, Rachel. How are you? Hi, Simon. I'm well, thank you. Well, thank you very much for being here. It's great to uh, great to talk to you. Tell me, what, what what's your day looking like today? Before we talk about your family, we're we're recording this on a Thursday. What what are you up to today? Well, actually, I've been trying at the moment to get out walking every morning. Um, so I meet a different friend and we go off walking. So I've already done that today, and then back home for our conversation. Oh, very good. I'm I'm super impressed by that. Do you tend to go walking on on country roads or on like are you, are you, are you offbeat? Uh, do you go off track and go rambling? That's what they call it, isn't it? <laughs> I'm not sure if you could call what we do rambling. Um, no, we do tend to. We obviously live in a beautiful part of the country with so many fields, so we do tend to go just off piste a bit across the across the muddy fields, which are very muddy at the moment. Oh, it sounds delightful. It really does. Um, Rachel, tell us about your family. What does it look like? Um, so there's myself. Um, Um, I have my husband, Jonathan, and we have two children, Darcy, who is in year six at High March, and we have Arthur, who is is in reception at a school called Dabney's, which is down the road. So at the moment, you're going through that process of of choosing a senior school, I imagine, or you may have completed it and chosen one already. But uh, I'd, I'd love to know, first of all, what steps you were going through when you started this process of which senior school to choose? It's a difficult one, actually, because the area that we live in we have so many independent um, prep schools, so many to choose from. But as actually the girls get older, your choices become slightly more limited in terms of in the local area. Um, in the area, we have uh, an abundance of grammar schools, but not so many independent schools. So if you do want to stick on that route, your choices are slightly limited. Um, So from our perspective, it was just working out where we would be willing to travel to or where we'd be happy putting on our bus and how long she was going to be on that bus for. Okay, right. So a number of different factors there. And and will you be taking the grammar school route or the independent school route then? We think, we haven't yet 100% decided, but we think we'll probably stick with the independent route. Um, And actually, we have Darcy, my daughter, sat two exams, like two entrance exams for two schools. And we were very fortunate to get an offer from both. So we've now got that decision on our hands to make. Oh, congratulations uh, on that. In some ways, of course, it may be easier if if one was a yes and the other was a no, because then it's made for you. But um, but but it's good to have that option of uh, or that that luxury of choice. So tell us a little bit more about the entrance exams. I mean, how can how can people prepare for that or what tips might you have for them? The area we live in, because the grammar schools are so prominent, you find that a significant number of families go down the tutoring route. Um, it was something that we didn't necessarily want to do with our daughter. We felt that she was covering you know, a lot of the curriculum at school and school very much, High March in particular, very much 
kind of prepare the girls for the more common entrance exams. But we did actually sign up to an online platform called Atom, Atom Learning, which was really helpful just because obviously it shows you the types of questions that she was going to be asked. And actually one of the schools that she had her um, exam, they actually used Atom as the platform for it. So it all looked very familiar to her. That's quite helpful to know then. Uh, so, so you'd recommend doing a bit of preparation using something like that, a service like that or similar to that in that case? I think so, yes. I mean, obviously, you know, if you want to go down the tutoring route, that's absolutely fine if that's what suits you and your family. But um, yeah, we, we were quite happy with that and we've been quite pleased with it. And how about scholarships? Is that something you've looked into at all? Yes, Highmarch, had, um, my daughter absolutely loves drama. So Highmarch had suggested we apply for a drama scholarship for both of the schools that we were looking at, which we did. The process for both were very different, actually, for what, you know, both schools are asking for very different things from us. One of the schools, we very much had to give a lot of supporting evidence in terms of what she was doing outside of school, what she was doing inside school. Um, and then she had to prepare two monologues that she would then perform on the day. Whereas the other school, they actually didn't seem that interested as to what she was doing outside of school. It was more just come for a workshop and and go from there. There was less preparation involved. And was she nervous at all needing to do the, the monologues for the other school? Actually, no. And that's the good thing, I think, at High March. A lot of the girls do something called a Lambda exam, um, which very much gears them up for public speaking and... Actually, funnily enough, one of the schools, one of the monologues she had been sent was already a monologue that she'd actually already taken for her Lambda exam. So oh, that's quite handy, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. And so she was she was very comfortable. I mean, I think obviously when you would turn up on the day, I think even adults would feel those nerves. You know, everybody's there and she did start to get a little bit wobbly, but actually she really enjoyed it. She enjoyed the process. That's really good to hear. That really is. Now, I imagine that when you were choosing which prep school she should go to, then uh, I imagine it was you and, and your husband who, who scoped out various different schools. Is, is that different at all when you're looking at senior schools? You know, I'm thinking about you getting her input into which school she feels most comfortable with. Yeah, very different. I mean, when we actually chose High March, Darcy actually went to High March Nursery. So she joined there the term before she turned three. So... You know, you've got this tiny little child who you don't really know what their personality's going to be like then. So you're kind of making a decision based on what school you think is is nice and suits your values. So, of course, then obviously now looking at senior schools, it's very different because we know our daughter far better than we did then. And actually, for us, that's been quite a tricky process because um, school have been great at guiding us and they gave us a list of schools that we should look at that they thought would suit her. But going to look at the schools, you know, for me, I know it's not hugely helpful, but it's very much like a gut feeling that you just get. You know, obviously we looked at the drama facilities because she has a big love of drama, but she does love sport as well. For, so for us, those facilities were important. You know, we looked at schools that were very, very small. You know, some schools there were just 30 girls in a year, and then other schools, you've got 80 girls in a year. And so trying to work out which school would suit her best has been quite challenging, actually. Tell me more about that gut feeling. I mean, it's interesting that you talk about facilities and you talk about gut feeling. How do you get the balance between the two? And what I'm thinking when I'm asking you this, Rachel, is that I imagine that sometimes that gut feeling may be influenced by something uh, almost quite superficial, like just 
what somebody says to you as you're walking into the school or or maybe maybe the receptionist does something in a slightly funny way and and it doesn't gel with you but you know everybody has funny moments from time to time but how do you get that gut feel right or do you think that the gut feel is strong enough to uh, kind of surpass those kind of more trivial things and so this is turning into a longer question isn't it but then but then how do you balance that between the facilities in the school absolutely i mean for us so funnily enough one of the schools that we applied for in the end for my daughter and she's been offered a place when we went we went originally for an open morning and we turned up and it was absolute chaos um there's so many people there you know so many um students there as well as parents and actually for me I just had a really strong gut feeling that it wasn't right and it wasn't right for our daughter, it wasn't right for us as a family. And so I actually discounted the school and it was only when my husband actually has a colleague who had just actually not long ago been there and she'd said, no, please go back. That school was incredible and, you know, it was the making of me. Please go back on a normal school day when it's not a big open morning. And so we did, we just went back, the two of us, and I got a very different feel from the school. Wow. I had two girls showing us round. They were brilliant. Um, the whole school just felt calmer and more relaxed. And that just goes to show, you know, I say to a lot of my friends now, you know, I'm not saying don't go to open mornings, but actually I think you get a better feel from the school just going on a normal school day when, you know, everything's happening as it should, as it does normally. How old were the girls that were showing you both around then? So, the, well, we've actually been back again since, but the first time they were in year nine and then we went back again and actually we had some girls in sixth form show us around. Okay, right, right. So your daughter's year six, the, the, the first two were year nine, then six, you've had a real spread going on there in that case. And do you feel that it's important to, I, I imagine you're going to say yes to this, uh, to, to speak to the girls that are already there, uh, I, given that the answer is probably yes. Tell me why you think it's important in that Absolutely. case. Absolutely. I mean, on the open morning, um, I mean, you know, we fed this back to the school as well. It was very, very busy. And we were paired with a pupil who was in year nine, actually, but she was boarding. She was full boarding and she'd only joined the school a few weeks prior so for us, she probably wasn't the right person for us to walk around with. But when we went back again, you know, the two girls were very much kind of, um, we had a girl that was boarding. We also had a girl that was a day girl doing a similar route to what my daughter would be doing. So it just felt far more compatible, really. Oh, that's really good to hear. That really is. Um, well, Rachel, I, I need to bring this to a close now, but it's been lovely talking to you. Thank you so much for being here. My pleasure, Simon. Good luck with the rest of them. Well, now let's speak to Shona Gold. She's a parent of two children and I'm dying to find out more about her family. But first of all, hello, Shona. How are you today? Hi, Simon. Very well, thank you. It's great to talk to you. I really appreciate your time uh, being here today. Just tell us a little bit about your family. What does it actually look like? That's right. I have two children. Um, one of them, they've both been at High March for all of their junior education. One of them left, well, she's in her third year now of secondary school. So she left at the end of year six. And one of them is currently in year six. So we are right in the middle of making that decision at the moment with a month to go. 
Lovely. I, I always think the year six is a, is a beautiful year to be in. And, and there's that wonderful time right at the end of year six when children are at the top end of school. And it's almost like they have no stress anywhere in the world. I, 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 I remember actually with my own children when they were that age, thinking how beautiful that time is. It's a really fun year. Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly that. Exactly. Okay, let's first of all, find out about your elder daughter. Tell us about her journey and, and how that's been for you. Sure. So this is hopefully useful for people because I actually uh, found it really difficult to make the right choice for my eldest daughter when moving to secondary school. I focus very much on reputation of the school, the proximity to home, um, her academic kind of prowess and placed her in a school without having done really much due diligence. I thought there was an obvious choice close to home, right on my doorstep, perfect. Interestingly, that didn't work out. It was pretty obvious from the offset. It wasn't the right environment for her to thrive. Um, She certainly wasn't going to fail in a big way, but it wasn't going to be the right environment for her. So I actually got back in touch with Highmarch, who helped me place her in a much more appropriate school for her. And that actually has all worked out fine. So um, even though it is perfect if you can make the right choice for your child first time, if it doesn't quite go how you anticipated and you don't get it right, it is fixable. It wasn't the, the nicest month of our lives, but it, it was fixable um, with relative short term and relative ease. Well, that's really reassuring to hear because you're absolutely right. A lot of parents will go through a lot of that thought process, you know, which school is right for my daughter. Um, but to know that it's not actually the end of the world if not the right choice is made is is a very reassuring thing to hear. Tell me how far into her education at the senior school was it that you realised something wasn't right? It was a matter of weeks um, and we moved her after about six weeks. So I'd say a month to really get to know. And of course, things may have panned out differently. But um, since having made the move, I'm very sure now three, two and a half years in that it was absolutely the right move to make. I would say as a a very obvious piece of advice, but I'm sure I can't be the only one tripping up on this, listening to how much is a good start. So we have been in the conversations that you naturally have and any that you ask for with the headmistress, but also other staff that know your child at the school for a number of months and years before the move. And how much have recommended a number of schools, none of which uh, we decided to go and visit because we ruled them out mainly on how far they were from home um, or reputation, which is really hearsay. Um, so like I said, I'm sure other people aren't so close minded as that. But the time investment of going to see a couple of schools that have been recommended to you is a very small investment in the grand scheme of things. And you can learn a lot from it, even if it validates your view that they're not right. So I really would say just give some credence to, to what staff are telling you and go and have a look at these schools, even if you've mentally ruled them out. And of course, the the fact that she joined then six weeks into the academic year at the start of a new school, I mean, that must have been a little bit daunting for her. But how quickly did, did she settle in and make new friends there? Yes, she was happy to make the move based on the experience she had at the first school that she didn't enjoy or settle at. And you become slightly something of a little celebrity when you join uh, a little late. So there were a lot of girls willing to, um, you know, they're all still making their friendship groups as well when you arrive at school after four to six weeks so people are keen that there's a new opportunity to make a new friend here and yeah all the staff suddenly know your name instantly because they've been briefed about you you're coming in new you're not one of 40 or 180 you're on your own so that helps them settle in very very quickly as well so I think you get almost that bit of extra comfort in settling in and people knowing you and a bit of intimacy from day one. 
Well, it's also really, really reassuring from what I'm hearing that you felt comfortable to go back to Highmarch to say, you know, it hasn't worked out at this senior school. Help us a little bit more, it, you know, it, without thinking to yourself now that she's left, then that's it. You know, she's flown the nest mm -hmm. and she's gone and that the school's not around anymore. But you still felt like there was a support network for what well, coming from a school which had already left. Absolutely. I contacted Mrs. Gator and Mrs. Avery. Mrs. Avery hadn't had masses to do with while Tia was at school. But yes, they were both really helpful. And I would say that generally, if you are in a bit of peril, and, and it's not a nice experience seeing your child unhappy, but people are pretty kind in those circumstances. So both at High March, but also every admissions team that I spoke to, because I didn't just then go to one school, I went to, I think it was three or four Every admissions team have seen this scenario before. They're all very kind and helpful, whether they have a place for you or not, whether they can show you around or not. So, yeah, you get the best of people when you're we're in, the, in that situation, when you're struggling a bit. Mm -hmm. No, of course. And then with your younger daughter, who's in year six, to what extent has this affected the school that she's going to be going to? It's hugely affected the way we've approached looking at schools. So I have taken advice. We have been to see a huge variety of schools. I think the most important thing for me is working out what environmental factors you need to have to make your child thrive. So um, thinking about um, my oldest child, for example, she likes the intimacy of a small school where all the staff know each other, all the pupils' names are known. There's a lot of familiarity. Um, you know, some children also like to be a confidence boost for that child is being near the, floating to the kind of top academically. So being nearer the the top of the, the group, the sets and the groups. And again, it's just finding out what is it your child loves about junior school? What is it they love about High March, assuming they do love it? And how do you replicate that environment in another school? So where she has ended up extremely happily is a school that is intimate, it is small. Um, it has, you know, she, it has a mixed entrance so she can again be in the middle of float to the top of the group academically which makes her feel that's the that's where she naturally does well when she feels like she she can do that um so again that's specific to that child but that's where i'm approaching with my second child what is it she loves about high march and where can i find those elements because they are very different um for for her and do you think it's likely they'll both end up at the same school I think it's 50-50. So of the two schools that we've narrowed it to, one is the school where her sister is, but she's a very different kettle of fish. She learns in slightly different ways. She works in a very different way um, and she's a different character. So I think it's 50% chance she'll end up at a school very nearby her sister, but not the same school. And I think that's, yeah, it would be much more convenient logistically for me to have them at the same school. And I'm very invested in that first school. But realistically, I think it's got to be about the child. And in, her, in, in our particular case, there's some merit having our uh, second child carving her own path and not being in her sister's shadow. Uh, I, I'm full of admiration for that. I really am. Because I, th I think with a lot of parents, they, they would just wouldn't give it a second thought. They, they just automatically think, you know, we've made this decision for the first one and the second one is going to follow on because, frankly, it just makes it logistically a lot easier. But yeah. but I'm, 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 I, I very much admire how you're, you're putting the, you're, each of your children very much at the heart of the decision making for each of their schools. Very impressed with that. Thank you. Shona, thank you so much for being here. It's been really good hearing about your family situation and that decision-making process that you went through there. Brilliant. Pleasure to talk to you. Now we're going to jump across and speak to Claire, who's with us right now. Hello, Claire. How are you today? Very well, thank you, Simon. Uh, it's great to talk to you. Thank you for being here. Tell us about your family. What, what does that look like? So I have three children. 
I have two children uh, currently at secondary school. Uh, they're at Wickham Abbey and I have my youngest is in year six at High March. So we're currently going through the process at the moment to work out where she might go to school next year. Okay. And the two at Wickham Abbey, did they both go to High March as well? Yes, they were both at High March. So I've made that transition from High March into secondary school. Okay. And I'm going to base my next question on the presumption that both your elder daughters are getting on very well at Wickham Abbey. Um, but it, w- out of interest, why, why is there a question mark over where your youngest should go? Because a lot of families, I think, would just automatically presume that number three would join number one and two. Yeah, no, I totally get that. We have always said that we will consider each of our children individually and choose a school environment where we really think, you know, that they will thrive and be really, really happy. That's not to say that uh, Wickham Abbey wouldn't be fantastic for her, but it it just gives us an an opportunity to look at schools afresh and really make sure that we're choosing the the right school environment for, uh, you know, for my third child as an individual. That's really an impressive approach to take because I think a lot of families, maybe I'm just thinking about myself, you know, by the time you get to number three, there's, there'd be a huge temptation just to think, oh, you know, off they go, just following the footsteps of, of the elder siblings. But in a similar vein, do you think it's easier to make decisions for your children once you've been through it once or twice? I'm not saying that that, that they do just naturally follow on, but that you've been through that or having been through that decision-making process in the past, then it gives you some preparation for how to handle things with number three. Um, I think certainly we've learned from having been through the process before. So we've developed, uh, you know, some good ideas in terms of what's been really helpful for us to get a good feel for a school. And that certainly makes the process less daunting. So for example, one of the things I found really helpful is to, is to go and visit secondary school multiple times because what I found really helpful about that is it gives you opportunities to see different people, talk to different teachers, talk to different pupils, and also seeing it both in an open day environment and on a normal school day, a normal school operating day, just means that you have multiple different interactions with the school and you can form lots of different views. So, so Things like that, having been through the process before, you just, I, I know that that's, I find that really helpful. So therefore it's something that I've, I've done again when looking at schools for my youngest. Yeah, it's, it's great to hear that, Claire. And uh, actually that's echoing some of the th- comments that, uh, that, that Rachel was saying earlier in this episode. Um, I'd love to find out a little bit more about the approach that you took or that you're taking right now to find the right school for each of your children. Of course, it's important to to visit on multiple occasions, but what are the other things or what are some of the other things that you take into consideration when you're thinking about the right school for them? One of the things that I've found really helpful is talking to High March, uh, both Mrs Gator and Mrs O'Shaughnessy, because they know, you know, they know your child really quite well in an education setting. So they, the views that they can share about the right kind of learning environment that they think is right for your child is actually really helpful. I've mentioned already about actually visiting secondary schools. One of the other things that I found really helpful is talking to other parents who have children at the secondary school that you're interested in. Not because you need to share all of their views, but actually just you get more ideas of of the school and hear different views, some of which will resonate with you uh, and might resonate with what you think is, is right for your child. But ultimately, I do think there's a bit of gut feel in the decision as well. Because when you go and visit a school, 
you know, you've got to think, can I actually imagine my child in this environment? Do I think they'd be happy here? Do I think they feel really comfortable here? And also gut filled from your child as well. So if they go for an assessment day or if they go to visit the school, do they feel a bit buzzy about it? Have they enjoyed the visit? Have they enjoyed the teachers and the other people that they've interacted with? So I think it's a combination of lots of different aspects that kind of help helps you finally reach a decision, even if it's not even if it's not very clear as you as you start the journey to work out where they might go. Claire, tell me more about listening to the advice from other parents, because I'm just thinking that you could easily be influenced in the wrong direction because parents are raving about a school which is perfect for their children, but not actually be right for yours. Yeah, totally. I think it's really important to be quite mindful that when people are talking about a school, both positives and negatives, it is through the lens of their child's experience and their child is not the same as your child. And what might be a fantastic environment for their child may not be at all right for your child. So that's why I think talking to lots of different parents is useful uh, because you get different, you know, you get different views and, and then it, you can help, you, well, you kind of then have a melting pot of different ideas and can, it will help you feel what, with what, what kind of resonates with you. But I mean, certainly when my, I was looking at schools with my eldest, I actually talked to parents who were not from Highmarch. So they actually didn't have the Highmarch uh, lens uh, in looking at a secondary school. I wanted to just talk to parents who maybe come from completely different environment and how, what they thought of, um, of the secondary school. Uh, but I think you definitely need to be a little bit a little bit careful because you need to make your own decisions when you're looking at a secondary school and you need to feel uh, strong and be honest with yourself about whether just because someone else thinks a school is great you need to recognize that it might not be right for your own child even if there are aspects of the school that you know really appeal. No, that all makes perfect sense. That really does. Claire, I'm keeping an eye on time. Uh, we need to bring this episode to a close now. But but thank you so much for being here. It's been really good talking to you. And with you. Thank you very much, Simon. And of course, a big thank you to Rachel and Shona from earlier in this episode. We, we did actually record all three elements at different times, but then we pieced them together to make it a complete episode uh, to bring to you today. If you have any questions about anything you've heard, then please do just get in touch with the school. But in the meantime, thank you for listening to this episode and we'll talk to you again soon. Bye for now.